0: Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. All right, good. Open the scripture, please, to the book of John. Book of John. Excuse me. Chapter 12. Allison and Michael's Wedding. It was beautiful yesterday. It was right here in the room. Allison is our, over our worship, she's our worship pastor, basically, and uh, is such a great hire for us over the past, or what, it's been a year and a half, two years, I forget, and she met this young guy, and uh, they got married, and they're on their way now to Scotland, I believe, so uh, pray for them. And uh, we love them both, got to have a great a little Italian wedding out here. You know, she married into an Italian family, and she's enjoying all the benefits of that. So, so pray for her, bless her, she'll be back, I hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, this year we're talking about flourishing. We've got some surprises for you this summer, some things we want to do to really help get you into a position of flourishing. And when we say that, we really mean it. We want your life to be one that flourishes. There's so many scriptures about this. I mean, I I, I continue as I do my daily Bible reading. I stumble over the word flourish or the context of something like that, where uh, it's just a part of the Christian walk, regardless of what's going on in the outside world, regardless of what's going on, even in your world, your heart, your soul is one that flourishes. And eventually that breaks out into other areas of your life. It affects your marriage. Your marriage can flourish. Your finances can flourish. What's that mean? It means that it's like above and beyond all that we ask or imagine. That's flourishing. I love it when, you know, I love springtime when, you know, like the flowers are coming along, they're coming along, they're coming along. And all of a sudden there's a certain week that has the right ingredients to just kind of make this thing bust. And all of a sudden, boom, it's just, you know, trees. Cindy and I were sitting out on our back deck yesterday and we were looking at the trees and how that the top of every tree, if you look at them, there's this little lead that's coming out the top above all the rest. It's like it's pressing for the rest of the summer saying, we're gonna grow another three foot. And the rest of the leaves are like, oh, don't leave us behind. <laughs> Anyway, it presses ahead above all the other trees because it's saying, we're going there. I mean, it's it's a lead. There's one right in our ba- a pear tree that I really don't like very much, but hey, it's growing. And it's it drops all these weird things on the ground, these little like pears that aren't pears. But anyway, it's, it's pushing ahead, you know, and, and actually in that one, I'm like, no, 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 no bigger. I think I'm going to bring you down actually, you know, but... But there's no real fruit on there. So anyway, but the, the, it's pushing ahead, pushing ahead. And there's something about that powerful thing of flourishing when you see all the green comes out. I tell you, around here, it's been really green. It's getting a little brown right now. We need to pray for rain, but it's, been, it's really green. Did you see that sunset last night? I wish I had time to talk about that. Ashley, write that down. We need to talk about that next week. We took a picture of it out. Here's the weirdest sun I've ever seen in my life. It was like, what color was it? It was blood red it was like really with no red around it it was just that then Ashley calls me she's into these kinds of things calls me like 10 o'clock last night I'm already asleep she calls me at 10 o'clock and she says have you seen the moon I said you mean the sun no we saw the sun now it's the moon I step outside of course get out of bed go down took me hours to get back to sleep thanks but anyway I look out the sun and it looked just like the moon I mean the moon looked just like the sun It was the exact color in orange, but it was the moon. In fact, when Ashley first saw it, she thought, was that the sun? No, wait, it's dark out. It's got to be the moon. I mean, it's weird. In one night, we had the sun look exactly like the moon, same color. I took pictures of it. I can show you afterwards, show and tell. Uh, If you want to stick around, you can wait for that. So anyway... uh, Amazing things are kind of going on and happening right now. There's such transition. There's such a stretching going on in our hearts. And the hearts of Jesus followers, this stretching is happening also. We're learning that we need to go deeper in the Lord. And so I want to talk a few minutes about flourishing through spiritual awareness. Kind of a little bit of a step away from what I've been talking about, but it's what the Lord gave me. So I want to talk about it. Do you know, do you know when God is speaking? I mean, you're able to discern in your life. If you come to a point, because we all heard that voice maybe early on when we first gave our hearts to Jesus, but have you learned to understand that you can hear his voice throughout your life? It says in the book of John that my sheep will know my voice. I remember I was listening to a guy who talked about hearing the voice of God. This is years ago, decades ago. But I never forget it. He said he was in the locker room talking to some other Christian guy and the guy said, wait a minute, aren't you that preacher that talks about like hearing the voice of God or something like that? That's a little weird. And he said, uh, he said, do you like actually hear the voice of God? He said, yeah. He said, don't you? He said, well, no, I don't hear the voice of God. I mean, I feel a little warm sometimes when I'm reading scripture, but I don't hear the voice of God. And he says, oh, the Bible says, you know, my sheep will know his voice. Sorry you don't hear his voice. It was the last time you heard from that guy after that, you know. The Bible says there's a lot of Christians that, that argue against hearing the voice of God. It's like, do you want to do that? Really? Because over and over through Scripture, he speaks. He actually speaks beyond his apostles if you think, okay, he spoke for a while until John passed away in around 92 AD and then he doesn't speak anymore. It's quiet. Well, Talk to the billions or so people around the world that are hearing the voice of God in powerful ways in their lives every day. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us and our hearing. So there's, there's levels of awareness. I know you know this, but we don't like to talk about it. So one of the dirty little secrets of the kingdom is that there are levels in the kingdom you can be like a child. Jesus talks about this in the kingdom. There are benefits to being like a child. Your heart needs to be like a child that is listening, that is open, that is teachable, that is flexible. But also, Paul talks about how that we act like children and we shouldn't act like children anymore. And we should become mature, that you learn how to become a mature believer. And you become a mature believer by knowing God. You know God by reading scripture, by being in his presence, by knowing him, by being in nature, by being with God, by fellowshipping with fellow believers. That's where you get the knowledge of God, the Holy Spirit, spreads it on like peanut butter over your little bread. Says so is there levels of awareness? Yes. Do some people hear better than others? Yeah, they do. Some people hear God better than other people. Is there a greater and lesser obedience? Yes, there is. There is. Jesus talks about it all the time. Whether you talk about the talents or the minas or whatever, you're given something, what do you do with it? Jesus isn't talking to some ethereal realm that never exists. He's speaking to people and saying, This is how the kingdom works. Praise God. When you use what you have, you get more. When you don't use what you have, the Lord takes that and gives it to the people that use what they have. Wait a minute. I don't like that. Talk with Jesus. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It will rock your world. It's the way God thinks. You say, well, he's not works-oriented. Tell Jesus that. Your salvation is not by works, but when you get the Holy Spirit living within you, we are his workmanship created for good works in Christ. And so we're doing stuff. We're doing Jesus stuff. We're speaking to people that do not know Jesus. We're feeding the hungry. We're touching those that are nearby and we don't have to make a big deal out of it. Hey, everybody, (laughs) I just did this. I'm touching this person. You need to know that. I'm ministering to them. Look, look, I mean, that's, you get, the Bible says you have your reward. That's it, enjoy. But the eternal benefit is erased. Did you know that everything you do has eternal benefit to you? What if, I'm not saying this happens, don't quote me on this, because we're live streaming, I could get in trouble. But what if everything you do here on earth is building your abode in heaven? Do you know what an abode is? <laughs> your, your house, your, your place of dwelling. What if everything you do is building that? What will your house look like in heaven? What are you building in heaven? If we're putting treasure up there, what treasures are we putting in heaven? Is it gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble? Wood, hay, or stubble, as soon as the heat's turned on, it burns. Gold, silver, and precious stone gets purified, typically gold and silver, get purified when they're under the heat. There's a greater sense of value that can come to those when rightly applied. Where where are you in that spectrum? Are you just kind of wanting to get into heaven? The people who just want to get into heaven, I'm not sure are going to get there because that's not what it's about. It's about an ongoing, born-again experience, relationship. Am I okay so far, Joel? Okay, good, you're rubbing your arm a little bit funny. (laughs) I'm in an ongoing relationship with the Lord your entire life. You are learning. Has anyone ever been married here? I mean, day one, you go, you know what? I don't care about anything. I just wanted to be married. I mean, you know, love, whatever, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll be friends, we're going to be related, we're going to probably grow together, I'm, I'm not against that, I'm just, I'm just not going to pursue that. All I really wanted to be was married, and I'm married, I'm happy. I'll be down in the man cave if you need anything, actually, if you need anything, don't call me because I'm pretty busy down there. <laughs> How many of you would like to be married in that kind of situation? You said, that was a word of knowledge, actually. I hope not you don't do that you don't get born again to say I'm born again my name's written in heaven I mean you get that but that's not the point if you did it just for that I do question your salvation can I do that You were born again because, not because you were born again with all the benefits and the benefits of heaven and the inheritance of heaven. You are born again because you fell in love with Jesus and you realized that he died for you and the blood that was shed on the cross was for your sin and you now walk in purity before him and according to the word of God, you are now a slave unto God. You were a slave to sin, now you're a slave to righteousness. Wow. You're compelled to do good you're a do-gooder. Turn the person next to you and say, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're a do-gooder. Just tell them that. Yeah. These levels of understanding and our minds and spirits need to be sharpened. You know why? Because lies are going to come to your mind. If you've lived more than two minutes, you know that lies are out there. And lies are going to come into your mind. I'm going to talk about it in just a minute. Like the devil is the father of lies. When a lie comes into your life, you know the devil's messing with you. When he speaks to you something different than what the word of God says about you, that is a lie. Regardless of how you feel. Because your feelings are now being subjected to the continual washing of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the very blood of Jesus Christ. It comes out on the other side, ultimately, without spot or wrinkle. So, But you've got to serve that up. That's a lie. I'm bringing that under submission to the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God. I am royalty. I've been brought into the family of God. There's many times in my life I've had to remind myself over and over again, you're a son of the living God. And then I tell myself, act like it. I don't say man up because it offends my mirror. I just say God up. (laughs) Jesus up. (laughs) Come on. Get up to Jesus. Let the very power of the Spirit of God, that resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead, quicken your mortal body. I was gonna say stinking mortal body, but I might offend someone. Your mortal body. My mortal body needs help. I've had to take control by the power of the Spirit of God over Steve Witt. He is out of control. Things come into his mind. He does stuff. I mean, he's getting in trouble all the time here, there, and everywhere, you know. And the Spirit of God is is pulling this into the very image of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I can't do that on my, of course you can't. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But you are an overcomer. And so you start coming over. Overcomers come over. They get over stuff. They don't let a mound sit in their lives their entire life. They carry a little bag with them. And they clean up after their lives. That's what we're called to do. Get that stuff out of there. I'm not going to do, oh, Holy Spirit, I give that moment. I mean, he, I just, on my trip to Italy, it was like the the Lord was lovingly brutal. I mean, he just, he took me through so many circumstances over there as I was was over there walking, you know, and um, I'm going to talk about a few of those in a moment if I have time. But turn to John chapter 12, John 12. Pastor yesterday asked me if I'm gonna use the scripture today, so I am. John 12, verse 27 says this. Jesus is speaking. It's in red. Now my soul is troubled. You been there? You ever said that to God? I'm troubled. My soul is troubled. Jesus experienced the troubling of the soul. It is common to every fleshly man and woman. You will be troubled. Jesus says, "What shall I say?" Now this is Jesus' approach. I love it because Jesus lays out the example remember, He's 100 percent God, 100 percent man. He's been blended together. He feels and senses the things of man. He's tempted in all ways, but does not submit to sin. He does not sin. And so in this moment, this emotional moment, which is a human moment, they're troubled. And a lot of people right now across the country are troubled. I'm feeling it right now. I'm feeling it in people I talk to. Cindy was walking on the trail. She was telling me this yesterday. She weeps when she talks about it we're walking on a trail. We meet people that, do, you know, do not meet a lot of people. They're up there in the hills. They're living up in the hills, these Italian people, and they're, they get up every day. They go out. They you know, feed their chickens a little bit. They take care of their goats, you know, and they do the daily chores of what they do, and they're living in a stone house that's probably older than the United States of America, and they're you know, they're just, they're, they're kind of moving around and doing that ritual they do every day and they get up and do this thing and Cindy came up to the woman and you never know if they know any English or not, but Cindy said, we're walking on this trail and the trail went right by her house. She saw this old lady, the old lady looked up, up, up at her and she said, bless you. And the lady said, oh, oh, what did you say? She said, I just wanted to bless you. She goes, oh, yes. Yes, I received the blood. It was so powerful in that moment. I mean, Cindy's just kind of thrown out a blessing. And I bless you. It's like, I bless you. This lady was so starving and so hungry for something spiritual. It just undid her in that moment. Do you know how many people right now outside these walls are like at that level right now? They need somebody to speak to them. They need somebody to stand up. They need someone to hear God in the moment and not just the drone of everything that's going on around. There like this hum and this hum gets turned up from two to three to four to five every year. You feel it getting higher and higher about my finance. Oh no. And, and, the, and, and, and all kinds of Factors are in there through social media and government and everything else. They're, they want to keep you in constant disarray and constant chaos and constant fear because people are able to be controlled better when they're under fear. And so constantly is it, you think, oh, I'm glad we got over that. Yeah, but did you hear this? Did you hear what's coming now? Do you know what's around the corner? And it's on, we're on, we're on. I quit watching the news. I look at a few things. I know where I want to go to look. I go there, I look at it, and I go, okay, good. I know what to pray about, you know, but I am not going to get my soul intoxicated with the fear of the world. I have to pull myself out of that or I'll go crazy. I want to submit my soul, my spirit fully to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus is there. My soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me. From this hour. Did, you, did, did, did the Father answer him? Did the Father save him from that hour? No. No. And Jesus realized, look, look at the process Jesus is going through. My soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. And we don't know, you know, you can't tell in the Greek and the words. Or whatever. I believe that a, a moment passed. You know, this could be dot, dot, dot. A moment passed, and he said, "But for this purpose, I came to this hour." Wait, what happened? What happened? I mean, all of a sudden, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Boom! Revelation, understanding. Who? I tell you, this can happen to you when you're crying out to the Lord. You think, Lord, what am I going to do? How are you going to? Oh yeah, Lord, you are my rock. You are my foundation. I'm leaning upon you, Lord God. I'm building upon the rock. I'm believing that you're going to get me through this. The winds and the waves will not take me out. The waves and the winds still know your name. I love when we sing that song. The waves and the winds still know your name. So Jesus says, Father, glorify your name. Okay, he calls this problem he's in. He understands, okay, but this is what I was born for. This is what I was made for. This is what I'm going to go through. And then he takes it and he gives it. To, he submits to the Lord and said, Lord, glorify your name through my purpose and what I'm going through. That's the ultimate submission to God when you take your stuff and you just, you release it to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to hear from you. And the Lord said, in verse 28, when he says, glorify your name, a voice came from heaven. That's always helpful. Saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. You know, that's just God saying, I'm here. I'm watching. I see what you're going through. I know it's difficult. But what's interesting is that the voice came from heaven. Jesus was able to hear the voice. But look at verse 29. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. So to Jesus, Jesus heard a clear voice. It came from heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. To those that are around him, it was like, blah, 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 To others, they said an angel had spoken. I think it was an angel. I heard something. do you love when people there? I know I heard it too. I saw the red sun last night. I saw that. Here's what I thought about. He said, everyone's got a thought, you know. But what you're seeing is you're seeing... A voice came from him. So there was a voice. Some said it thundered. Some said an angel spoke. What are you getting? You're getting the communication of God that is meant to be cleared coming into bad ears all around that are not quite discerning. I'm not tuning in. Do what you're saying, Lord. So a lot of people get frustrated and they go, I don't know. The Lord wants to speak to me, He needs to speak clear. That's what I think. It's like, oh, he's speaking clear. Why does it say seven times in the book of Revelation? To him who has ears to hear, let him hear. What the Spirit is saying to the churches. What's it tell you? There are going to be believers, especially in the last days, that will not be able to hear the voice of God, although they're sons and daughters of God. Or they'll hear something, but it will not be clear. And then they will demand that I get any confirmation. If I hear that two or three times, I might understand that. Rather than being a people that are tuned into the spirit of God, here's what he says. Because I'm telling you, in the days we're walking in right now, you need instant communication. When I have my phone over in Italy, of course, you know, we get a SIM card, pull the SIM card out of this phone, we put another one in for Italy, and boom, bingo, bango, this is an Italian phone. And so I can call anywhere in Italy, you know. It's a little hard to get at the internet sometimes. And I know this doesn't work, but it makes me feel better. I do this, you know. (laughs) That three feet might help out. Sometimes I just change direction. The weird thing is it works sometimes. And then I'm like, oh, okay. All right, you know, this this is the area. Or I move my position so that I can hear clearer. As believers, we just sit there and go, "Eh, if it's not clear, I'm not going to do it. God doesn't want me to do something that I don't know what he's telling me. Well, how about there's something of an invitation of the Lord? You remember that description of my son, Josh, when he was like, I don't know, two or less, two years old, I come home from work, this is in Canada. I come home from work, I'm exhausted, I mean, you know, pastoring is exhausting. I come home, I lay on the sofa... And he's wanting to play. He's, he's two, my only son, you know. He's a two-year-old boy, and he's, you know, he's excited. He wants to wrestle, you know, how little boys are. They want to do stuff, be thrown around and everything, play Superman or something. And uh, he'd come near, you know. And, and I'd try to grab him, and he'd go, no, no. And he'd run away, you know. He wanted to play kind of catch him or something like that. And I didn't want to get up and chase him all over the house, you know. He saved that for the grandkids. But anyway, I I just like, Josh, come on. Come over to, to dad, you know. Come over to dad. Son, give you a hug. no. No. Yeah, you know, he still does that. No. <laughs> I said, come on, come on, just come. He's 33 now. Just so come on over, Josh. Come on over. No. And so I learned really early. You know what I did? I said, Josh, you manisiboba. He's like, he's two. So he's like, what? I said, hola la mukutia. <laughs> what? mama. And he he'd get closer. Right up to me, he's looking at my lips, mishima, nini. and we get right to me, I go, Yah! I grab him and wrestle him, and he go running off screaming to his mom. You know. Well, what is that great lesson that you learn in there? People are intrigued with mystery, and sometimes God speaks in mystery in order to draw you near. Instead of going, I don't know what he's saying, until I know clearly, I'm not going to do it. Maybe this is God going, Yo, Mosini. I, I talked to Joel and I still don't know what he meant. What's it mean, Joel? Yo, mani. See, what, what he's wanting is you to go. And then he's going to grab you and you're going to run off. That's how it always ends. But what is it? It's the entrance into intimacy is the desire to understand. Yeah, that's good. When you're married, you should learn that. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not the way I think. That's, I, don't, I have no idea what you're saying. I have no idea what you're saying. That's not what was said. saying. <laughs> now, if you do that and then you run off to drive around the block or go somewhere or whatever, think about it, you know, go to your main cave, whatever you want to do. I'm going to talk to the guys just today because we've got Father's Day coming up next, next week, I think, next week, two weeks from now, whatever. So what's the key? The key is when, typically in a marriage, when men are to sit down and listen and understand. Because when you get married, Alison, Michael, listen. If you're watching online right now, which I doubt that you are. (laughs) Listen to one another. Understand one another. If you do, you'll be married for many, many decades together, you know. Well, you stop, why? Because intimacy desires understanding. But if you're just like, no, God, no, I can't. You're gonna miss a whole lot that God is speaking to you. And especially in the moments that we're facing right now. It's going to be like thunder. It's going to be like, well, maybe it was an angel or something spoke. Jesus answered and said, verse 30, this voice did not come because of me. In other words, I didn't need this, but for your sake. So this is a test from heaven where God is speaking clearly, unclearly, and sounding like someone else, an angel. And so the Lord is drawing them in to a hearing moment. We're in a time right now where the Lord is sharpening our ability to hear from God and it is so necessary with where we're going. So um, let me just skip down here because I'm running out of uh, time here. So Jesus had a prayerful cry. He cries out. You know, it's interesting. I believe that John was there and John, un- John heard the voice because John recorded it. John said, this is what the voice said. So I thought, oh, that's interesting, John. John's the one that talks about this specifically. John said it because he heard it. Others said it thundered. Others said that an angel, it sounded like an angel spoke. But John heard the voice. Why did John hear the voice? Well, when you know John, you understand. John was the beloved, right? He's the one that leaned his head upon Jesus' chest. He was close to Jesus. You see him in any picture, Renaissance picture, he's with Jesus. That proves it. 1500s. Renaissance pictures, he was there with Jesus. I mean, he's the one that did not die the martyr's death, lived the longest, intimately knew the Lord. He's the one that wrote about, my sheep will know my voice. John understood that. John knew the voice of Jesus. John responded to it. John got enough clarity that he was the only disciple outside of Mary at the cross when Jesus died. That's the kind of clarity he had. And he was the youngest, probably, of all the disciples, but had an ability to hear the voice of God. It's interesting, later on that passage, Jesus says in John 35, uh, where was that, shoot? John 12, 35, look at this. Said, Jesus said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in the light does not know, he who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Your purpose, your destiny, everything, you're gonna start, I'm telling you, if you do not get into the word of God and you do not commune in the presence of God, this is not some thread, I'm not yelling at you, anything like that. If it sounds like, sounds like that, I'm sorry. But if you don't get into the word of God and you don't abide in him and his words abide in you, you will walk in darkness in the years to come and you will not know where you're going. And it is distressing. And you will grit your teeth at night. You have to get one of those little adapters to put in your mouth, you know, so you don't grind your teeth away. You're gonna have stresses. You're gonna have heart palpitations. (laughs) What am I gonna do? I'm telling you, man, hide yourself in Jesus right now. Hide yourself in him. Make a devotional, make a daily commitment, a spiritual, a time when you can get before the Lord and wait on him. Worship the Lord. Come to church. My goodness, and get here on time. I look around at 10 o'clock like, oh, we're gonna have 20 people today. Well, it turns out there's almost 300 here. You know How did that happen? I feel like just changing it to 1015 and fooling people. They're going to show up early at 12.15. Well, why is that so important? It affects the vibe. Don't go to a wedding and show up late. And don't leave early. So I've got other things to do. Everyone's got other things to do. Don't do that. You're taking a moment to honor somebody. Show up. When you don't show up, they still have to pay for your food. Oh, well, this is really, this is off. Of course, here, right now, he'd tell it. <laughs> this is a little metaphor. don't take it literally. God's called us to be together. He's, there's something He has for you right now, today, that is life-changing for where you are and is going to open your thinking and your hearing a little bit better so that you can hear clear what the Lord's saying over your children that you're concerned about or over your grandchildren that you're concerned about. You said there's no hope. It's total darkness. There is hope in Jesus Christ. He is the light, but you've got to get it into your children. You've got to spend time with them. You've got to talk about Jesus. When you get together and you eat, pray. Yeah. Yeah. Before you eat. I was somewhere within the past couple of weeks with a group of Christian people having a meal, no one prayed. And you know, I feel awkward saying, "Hey, we're going to pray." It's like, "Oh, well, goody two shoes. You remember to pray before." No, it's about an, a desperation and a connection with God where you're like, "Whoa, this is great food." Let's pray. Let's thank God for it. You see how it's different? This isn't just some kind of a rote thing we do. It's the gratitude that's on the heart. You begin to do that. I'm telling you, you are going to hear God. I'm telling you, he's going to, you're going to, you're going to be shocked and say, God's speaking to me. And I'm going to say, he's been speaking to you. You're just hearing it now. I mean, the abundance of the word of the Lord is amazing right now in this hour. You can hear the Lord five, six, ten times a day. No way, how's that? I'm telling you, it can happen. I know people where it's happening right now in their lives. Why? They have their jobs, they have their families, they're given all that, but they take a sacred time with the Lord in hearing school to know what he's saying and understand what to do. You do that, your life is gonna be transformed. Let's all stand up. What does the enemy sound like? Everyone knows there is a devil. There's a lot of teaching going on out there. Let me straighten you out real quick. There is Satan, there is hell. And they're going to burn. A lady in church last week came up to me, dear lady. And she said, do you think, she, she was serious and I took it serious. She said, do you think that people in hell will be there forever or will there be a time when they're able to be let out? That's a serious question. I said, uh, well, the fire, the Bible says the fire will not be quenched. And it said that it is for eternity, so I do not think so. I've never thought that, but that was a good question. I thought, no. No. No, that's why right now is so important. That souls every day are dying and going to hell. I believe that, because I believe it's in Scripture. So what do we do? We need to hear. We need to await, and enliven, animate our spiritual senses. Learn to smell in the spirit. What's that? Fragrance of the Lord, the stench of the enemy. I can literally go in the room sometimes and think, oh, something's not right in here. Something's not right. You can feel it. You can smell evil. And you can smell God. It's beautiful. Kind of a little olivey thing, you know? This is beautiful. It's like, ah, sweetness. It smells like Italy. Beautiful. Beautiful. So what's the enemy sound like? He perverts. He drastically shifts. And he denies what God said. He did it to Eve. He twisted her words. He changed the words. It reminds me of Nehemiah. When they wanted to get Nehemiah, they just didn't say, they just didn't gossip about him. When gossip didn't work, oh, uh, the wall you're building, a fox runs on it and it's going to fall down. They're not just criticizing it. Then they hire people to criticize him. Tobiah and Sam hire people to stop Nehemiah from building the wall. Whatever you need to do. And when he said, I cannot come down off this wall for your little conference that you want to have because I am doing the Lord's work. Then they started assassinate, threatening assassination. It's cancel culture. If you don't do this, then we're going to take you out. So that they had to build with a plow, uh, a uh, building uh, uh, trough in one hand and a sword in the other. We are at that time right now. Do not come off that wall. The enemy is doing everything he can to get you off the wall to deconstruct your Christianity. Whatever, whatever he thinks you need. Let me this. I'm gonna finish with this Hebrews 5. Sorry, I'm running eight minutes late. Ashley, text Cindy Witt and tell her that. (laughs) Hebrews five says this: for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the principles of the oracles of God. You, you have come to need milk and not solid food. This is not encouragement. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age. That is those who by reason of use, reason of use, have their senses exercised To discern both good and evil, we need meat. This is meat. We need to mature. This is the time. It's not when you're 80. Not when you're 76. It's the time, right now. It's time to grow up in Jesus Christ. Just close your eyes. Jay's going to come up and finish off for me. Jay, look for souls uh, in the kingdom but also Christians that are struggling right now. We just pray in the name of Jesus for eyes to be open. There's quickening. I, I tell you, if I, could, if I could pick you up and carry you around, I would. Not that that would do any difference. But I feel so helpless at times. All I have is this pulpit and whatever conversations I get with you. But I'm in a desperate moment right now where I'm saying, you've got to see that if you don't, I'm seeing people fall left and right all over, all over. People in high levels, people low levels. Falling away, falling away. It was prophesied in Scripture. I'm telling you, you've got to undergird yourself now. Your family depends upon it. We bless you right now. We love you in the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyone feeling offended today? I feel bad that you're offended but sometimes that needs to happen. But I speak it in love right now, saying it's time to grow up. It's time to get your life in order. It's time not to be, the, you not being the child and your, and your children being the parent. Flip that around. God's given you authority, He's given you love. Raise them children up to know Jesus Christ. To know all the things of the world, but to know Jesus Christ. Clearly this is the path. If you walk, it leads to life. Broad is the way to destruction. It leads to death. Jay. Thank you for listening to our sermon of the week. You can help us reach others by investing today at bethelcleveland.comslash give.